0: Welcome to The Life Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. This morning I've privilege to bring God's word and continuing our Come, Follow Me series that we're ending the year in. If you're keeping track, this is part three. James Murray kicked it off week one, Pastor Tony did week two last week, and then this is week three, and I'm really looking forward to communicating the word. But we're in a year of Come, Follow Me. Come follow me. And we've been looking at what does that mean? What does that entail? What does that mean for us as Christians in 2023? How do we operate? How do we work? What does that actually entail for us? And this year we've been looking at what it means to be with Jesus, to become like Jesus and to do what He did. And for those of you who are still repping the wristbands out there from Vision Sunday this year, anyone still repping a wristband out there? I know, yeah, Dan Cleese, me and you, bro rain, hail or shine, gym, don't smell them, they're a little bit stinky right now, but (laughs) a little bit too much information, sorry. But be with Jesus, become like Jesus and do what Jesus did. But the thing that we need to realise, church, is that this isn't a seasonal theme, but it's a life calling. We're not just looking at this year and going, cool, this year is come follow." no, we're looking at it so we can dive deeper into understanding what a life calling of come follow me actually looks like. It's not a momentary thing. It's not a, well, once we reach December 31st, this year is no longer come follow me and we've got to, no, no. This is a life calling that God is calling us all to live in on a daily basis, that we might follow Him into all goodness, into all light, in the plans and purposes that He has for us. And how do we do that? It's a life calling, not a seasonal thing. See, to be a follower of Jesus just to give a bit of a recap in case you don't know, is to be a disciple of Jesus. See, what we've discovered as we've explored this this year, is that whenever you see the word disciple, really it can be exchanged with the word follower in the Bible. Jesus' disciples, This it means Jesus' followers, those who followed Him, those who stuck closely, those who walked in His plans and His purposes and His footsteps, and that's what we've looked at and that's what we've discovered. and you would know that as we've unpacked it this year, it's come with many things. But this morning, I just want to tackle and look at an element of what has come following me look like. And uh, I'm wondering if you can join with me of John 15, verse 5 to 6. We're going to be reading from the New Living Translation. If you don't have a Bible with you today, don't worry, it's going to be up on the screen and you can look at it that way. Fun fact, you can download our church app and have a Bible in that church app, by the way, in case you're wondering. So if you don't have one, just do that. It'll be great. But John 15, verse 5 to 6. This is Jesus talking, and He says this, Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in Me, everyone say remain. Remain. Everyone say remain. remain. Those who remain in Me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from Me you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in Me is thrown away like a useless branch and it withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burnt. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. Or as we've learned this year, you are my true followers. This brings great glory to my Father. The title of my message this morning is Full Time Follow. Come on, won't you pray with me before we jump into the Word? Dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for Your presence. We would ask that You would minister to us this morning. Holy Spirit, I ask that You step forward and that I would step back, that You would increase, that I would decrease. And that as a result, we would all leave transformed and changed by Your Word this morning, God. That we would all understand what it means to follow You a little bit better, a little bit more. And that as a result, that our community, that our families, that our friends, that the world that we live in we to receive a little bit more of your light through us as we follow you in your precious and mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. Come on, can we get our hands up for Bowen who has been playing the keys amazingly behind me? Thank you so much, Bowen. Anyone watch the cricket this week? <laughs> Not very hey, for those who don't know, Australia won the World Cup in cricket. Oh, come on, we deserve a bit of a bigger clap. Come on, we, we are the best cricketers in the world. In the world. It's great. I didn't watch it, but I'm claiming it in Jesus' name. But you know, I was watching some highlights and some, uh, uh, some playbacks of it, and you know what I realised? I knew instantly where we were playing. You know, you wanna know why? Because we were playing against India and India's team colour is blue, and you looked at the audience and there's just a sea of blue. There was not a single green and gold in the crowd supporting Australia. It was instantly obvious that we were in the home ground of India and we won against India in their home ground. What a moment. It was great. It was awesome. But you could tell instantly who the crowd was following by what they were wearing. And you would know this by the fact that you follow a certain team probably in sport and you would know that... You you rep it whenever they play a game, right? If you're from Port Adelaide, you like to speak a little bit weirdly and you rock their jersey and you go to their games, right? If you're a Crows fan, you speak like you're posh and you're better than everyone else and you wear their jersey and you go to their games, right? Like, this is what happens, right? The one time I went to a State of Origin game, I know that State of Origin isn't necessarily big here, but come on State of Origin rugby fans out there, it's me and three other people in this room, let's go. And uh, I went to a state of origin game and everyone that I was going with was a New South Wales supporter and for those who don't know, their color is blue and I'm a maroon supporter. And so I was stuck between, and you could tell who we were following, one, because I was yelling louder than all the New South Wales supporters because they were losing and I was winning. Uh, and But you could tell who was following and what was going on, right? You could tell who we were supporting, who we were championing, who we were following by what we were wearing. Let me put it this way. Maybe some of you, especially the, the younger generation out there, let me put it this way. You can always tell who you're following on Instagram by what your Explore feed looks like. You know what I'm saying? Like, whenever you go on your Explore, you can always tell what photos you've been liking. You can always tell what memes you've been sending to your friends because the algorithm picks it up and repeats it in your, explore, in your Explorer page, right? That's what happens, right? Maybe for all you older ones who just love to sit on Facebook, let me break it down for you, right? The Facebook memes and the videos you share as if, you know, like share this. Otherwise, you know, your Facebook account will be hacked and then you share it. And then your Facebook account's hacked. You're like, why did it happen? No. <laughs> You'll get far more of those when you interact with them. And when you follow them, when you interact with those you're following, it, what it does, it reveals and it shows other people who you've been interacting with and who you've been following, who you've been connecting with. And it's the same when it comes to our life, church. People will be able to tell who you're following by your life. People will be able to tell. Why? Because your fruits will always show who you're following. Every single time, your fruit will always show who you're following. And what we need to realise and what we have been unpacking is that we're designed and called to follow Jesus in every area of our life. But my question that I want to start off this morning is, if someone took a snapshot and looked at your life, who would they say that you're following? If someone looked at your calendar, would they see Jesus? If someone looked at your text messages, would they see Jesus? If someone looked at your finances, would they see Jesus? If someone looked at your friendships, would they see Jesus? If someone looked at your language, would they see Jesus? Really quiet in here really quick but the question we have to ask ourselves is if our fruit shows who we're following when people look at us what fruit are they seeing and we can't just say well they would see Jesus without actually doing a deep dive and looking at man if I looked at my calendar right now how much time is devoted to Jesus and once again, there's no cond. I'm not trying to preach a condemnatory message. It's an invitation for us to be real and open up and go, all right, in a year of come follow me, where we, we want to do it in a very real and powerful way, we need to get real when it comes to what our life currently looks like. In a world that says, hey, busy is better, you have to stop and look and go, cool, that's all well and good, but where does my calendar say that I follow Jesus? Where do my finances say that I follow Jesus? Where do my relationships, my language, as I'm preparing to go spend Easter—sorry, uh, Christmas with my family, is it all just frustration and, oh, I can't believe I have to? Or is it a, man, Jesus, won't you be in the midst of this gathering together? And you can be like, well, that sounds super, you know, Christianese of you. Well, yeah, it does. Because of the fact that we are followers of Christ. It's funny how like, all of a sudden, some be, the, the, I find the enemy works in such a fascinating way where he'll take something that's good and distort it to, as if it's something that's bad. And he would be like, oh, that's very Christian of you. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I'm a Christian. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, your first response is to pray? Oh my God, that's, that's pretty. Yeah, it should be. Yeah. Yeah. But where in our life is our fruit not pointing to Jesus, but rather to something else? Because we're all following something or someone. And here's the thing, you actually have a choice as to who you're following. Just like on social media. Oh, I get so frustrated when I see their posts. You can unfollow them. No, I can't. Like, you know, it's an awkward conversation. And like, you don't have to have a conversation with them. Like, you just unfollow them. Because we all have a choice about who or what we're following. But the question we have to ask ourselves is, does our life, does the fruit of our life point to Jesus in all areas? That's the question we have to ask ourselves this morning. Why? Because ultimately we're designed to follow Jesus and we can so easily fall into the trap of partially following Jesus. Let me put it this way. We can fall into the trap of having a part-time followership of Jesus Christ. I am in danger of being a full-time pastor, but a part-time follower. I am in danger of reading my word to prep or preach Rather than reading my word to encounter the living God, that is my danger. And to be honest, sometimes I fell into the full time pastor, part time follower. And so, my question to us this morning is where are you at? Full time parent, part time follower, full time owner, part time follower, full time employee, part time follower. Once again, not pointing out condemnation, but just pointing out where the imbalance and where the priorities of our life are not lined up as how they should be. Why? Because Jesus calls us to be a full-time follower of Him. We see it in the Scriptures when He interacts with the disciples. What does He say? He says, He comes up to Peter and He goes, Hey, come follow me. What's Peter in the middle of doing? He's in the middle of cleaning his nets and fishing. And it says that he left his nets and followed Him. He left his nets. He left it behind. Why? Because Peter understood what it meant to be a full-time follower of Jesus. Now, please hear me. I'm not saying all the things I just listed are bad. Please hear me. I'm not saying being a pastor. is No, no. I'm saying being a full-time pastor and a part-time follower is the wrong order and it will lead to hurt, it will lead to a burden, it will lead to pain in me and other people. But being a full-time follower means, as we heard last week from Pastor Tone, that we can actually outwork the gift and the call and the purposes of God in our life. So the question is, are we being a full-time follower? Are we more part-time? See, when we become a part-time follower of Jesus, we engage in the Word less, we pray less, we give less, we serve less. Our language becomes, I don't have time to, rather than I'll make time for. But we need to understand that Jesus calls each and every single one of us to be full-time followers. The disciples left everything, jobs, nets, families, friends, to follow Jesus. And we cannot follow Jesus and keep doing what we were doing before. And as he's calling us into new levels of followership, don't even know that's a word, I'm just saying it anyways. We need to realize that we cannot keep doing what we were doing before. If if, if He's calling us into new levels and He has new things and He has greater levels for us, we can't keep doing what we were doing before. There needs to be a change. There needs to be a shift. And so this morning, we want to look at that and unpack that. Why? Because following isn't what we do. It's who we are. Let me say it again. Following isn't what we do. It's who we are. Let me put it this way. Following is a calling and not a cause. It's a calling And it's not just, oh, this is a good idea and this is a good thing to do. No, no, it's a calling that Jesus gives you. He says, hey, come and follow me. It's not, hey, here's a great calendar and how you should live your week so that you're all good. No, He says, come and be with me. Come and follow me. I'm calling you into relationship. I'm calling you into proximity. I'm calling you into purpose. And this is what He does. But if we're not careful, we treat it more like a cause than we do a calling. And we end up living a part-time followership instead of a full-time followership. We, we end up going, oh, this is a good thing instead of this is a God thing. Yeah. He calls us into following Him. See, a cause is limited to a moment, but a calling is a lifelong decision. Yeah. Yeah. In other words, I would say this, we don't do evangelism, we are evangelists. Yeah. Yeah. We don't do generosity, we are generous. Yeah. Yeah. And yet so often we view these things as if they're things that we add on to who we are, but Jesus says, no, it's who you are and I'm calling you into it. It's not an add-on. No, it's inside out. It's not an add-on. See, we're called to be full-time followers of Christ. See, Pastor Paul is a great demonstration of this, I feel like. We've watched his journey of the past number of years where he was diagnosed with cancer and given three months to live. Now, two, two and a half years later, he has just been declared that he has zero cancer alive in his body, which is a miracle and it's amazing. But can I point you to the miracle that happened along the way as well? That every single time, He took a platform. every conversation, everything he had wasn't centered around his diagnosis, but was centered around, I'm a full-time follower. See, Pastor Paul's revelation wasn't, I'm a full-time cancer patient and a part-time follower. It was, no, I'm a full-time follower of Jesus. And no matter what comes my way, I will always follow Him. I will always point to Him. I will always praise Him. I will always uplift. I will pray for people. I will minister to them. Why? Because he had a revelation and understanding of what it means to be a full-time follower. Full-time follower. A cause is about ticking boxes, but a call is about seeing lives changed. Question, when you throw out your invitation for Christmas Spectacular, do you attach prayer to it as well or do you just tick the box of the invitation? Because an the, the cause is just about, oh, I just, I'll invite someone because it's the right thing to do. And I know they should be. Or do you go, I'm gonna invite someone, but then every day of this week, I'm gonna be praying that they say yes and they come and they meet Jesus and their life is transformed and changed forever. See, a cause is about ticking a box, but a calling is about seeing lives changed. Yeah. About seeing lives changed. A calling is about obedience, but a cause is about outcome. A calling is about full-time ministry everywhere, wherever we are, but a cause is about part-time followership. And so this morning, I also want to point out that the limit of our follow will determine the limit of our fruit. You might be wondering why you don't have that much fruit. My question, based on what we read and understand the scripture for myself and for you this morning is, but do I have a full-time follow? Because the limit of our follow will always determine the limit of our fruit. As we read in John 15 at the beginning of this sermon, We read that if we remain in Jesus, in other words, we continue to follow Him fully, then that is where fruit comes in our life. It says that this person will bear much fruit. And this is Jesus talking. So we can fully use, we just know that He means what He says and we don't have to question why. Because He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the Son of God. He never lied. He always told the truth. And so when He says, If you remain in Me, you will bear much fruit. And it's through this that people know you are a follower of Me and you'll bring glory to God. In other words, when it's a full-time follow and we remain in Him, not by ourselves, not excluding Him from our weak, there will be fruit in our life. There will be fruit. And will always bring glory to God. See, we are called to a full-time follow that brings much fruit. And this morning, I just want to look at three key, keys really quickly to help us unlock a full-time follow in our life. Does that sound good? Does that sound good? Awesome. The first one is this. A full-time follow is built on authenticity. Everyone say authenticity. authenticity. You guys said that really well in unison together. That was great. I wasn't sure we were going to go there for a second you ever spent way too long prepping an Instagram photo? Anyone know what I'm talking about? Like anyone honest and brave enough to admit, yep, that's me. Yep, come on, a few hands going up. I love that. So good. There's a few people looking at other people next to them going, yeah, you should have put your hand up. <laughs> I, I, I love posting photos of my baby girl. Um, she's almost one years old, which is just crazy to me, to be honest. I um, feel like I'm getting a new revelation of when Parents for generations before me had said, the days are long, but the years are short. I was like, yeah, that all sounds good. But now I'm like, oh yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> Almost as if, you know. <laughs> well, I love posting photos of my baby girl. She, cause she's just the cutest. Uh, her name's Ray, and she's got the best smile in the world. She's got these little dimples, best laugh. And I just find her the best. Like she's just the cutest. I don't care what you say. She just is, right? Um, and if you disagree, I'll fight you. Anyways, uh... <laughs> but she's the cutest, but like, We'll, I'll post photos of her and they're cute photos and they're great, but they don't show you the poo explosion I just had to clean up in a cot right beforehand. Any parents know what I'm talking about, right? Like, it's like we post photos of, these, of these, our beautiful, cute little babies, and I'm like, oh man, she is the best. I'm like, everyone, look how cute she is. But then the night before, I was like, man, she is driving me crazy. <laughs> she keeps us up the whole night. She's crying, and she, we're trying to help her, and she doesn't know how to, and it's just, But we post the filtered version online of the reality and what happens is that people go, they just see the filtered version and they go, oh, that's great, that's so awesome, that's so good. But what happens in our society is that we're often posting the filtered version online or even in real life, in person. You know how I know this as well? Because when a group photo is taken, you don't look at anyone else in the photo, all you look at is you. Everyone else's face could be pulling the worst face in the world, but if you're smiling, we're posting it, come on somebody. (laughs) Come on. Why? Because you care more about what people see you as. And I think that culture that's existent in social media is actually existent in our life. Where we want to portray a filtered version of ourself to God and to other people. But the issue with that is that filters remove authenticity. Authenticity. This is why you're seeing a trend in social media and potentially even some filmmaking where people connect more with the unfiltered video or photo, the messy one, than they do the polished perfect one. Why? Because they connect with the authenticity of it. Why are the most viral videos the ones that aren't actually planned and portrayed and done? They're the authentic random moment ones. Why? Because there's an authenticity to it. And as human beings, we don't connect with pretend, we connect with authentic. People will admire you for, Pastor Craig Rochelle says this, people will admire you for your strength, but they'll connect with your weakness. But in our world, we don't like to show our weakness. We just like to put up filters all the time. But filters will stop you from following. Why? Because authenticity is needed for a relationship. It's needed. If you don't have authenticity, you don't have a real relationship. You have a fake one. And... That means that you're not getting the full fruit and benefit of it. And when it comes to God, often what we can do is that we can apply filters to ourselves when we're approaching God. We present a certain way. We pray a certain, you know how many times, think about this, how many times in your prayer that you've almost tried to justify your actions to God in your prayer? You ever done that before? I know I have. It's like, God, I thank you for your grace and I thank you that like, you know, even though I did this, you're still a good God and you'll still use it and you'll still... It's almost like we're putting this filtered version on, right? But it's like, man, like, that's not what I read as a healthy relationship with God in Scriptures. It says to be real, to be authentic with Him, to pour out, to come to Him in your weakest, darkest moments in the midst of what you don't want anyone else to see. He sees it and He loves you anyways and He he pulls you back up and He raises you up again. This is the God that we serve. This is the Jesus that we follow. The Jesus that we follow is the one that catches people in the middle of their brokenness, in the middle of their hurt, in the middle of their shame. And He says, hey, come follow me. Ever thought about the fact that Matthew was a tax collector? For those who know back in those times, Matthew was a tax collector and tax collectors were hated by the Jewish people because they were often Jews who would collect money for Caesar. So it was almost like betrayal. It was like, tra- it was like you're a traitor to your community and your country. And Jesus goes and finds Matthew at the tax collector booth and says, come follow me. Yeah. Yeah. At the place of shame, he says, come follow me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But what's needed for a come follow me, a full-time follower is authenticity. We need to drop the filters of our life when He dropped the filters. 2 Corinthians 12, verse nine to 10 says this, but He said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may, be, may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties, for when I am weak, then I am strong. We hear that and we're like, that is great. That is awesome. How many of us are voluntarily showing our weakness though? In a world where jobs are saying, show your strength. And we always ask the question, okay, what would you say your weakness is? And none of us know how to answer it. Oh, my weakness is that I work too hard. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? And, and, It's like, how real are we being? And because if we're not real, if we're not careful, a filter that's on the face will ultimately lead to the heart. If you wear a filter on your face, it will ultimately be a filter on your heart. And that can be a really dangerous place where all of a sudden, authenticity is no longer in the midst of you following Jesus. See, my filters stop me from following Jesus. Harding part of our lives, only giving part to Jesus. We can trust God with our real. Why? Because in Our weakness, his strength is made perfect. His strength is made perfect. See, we need to drop the filters with God and with each other. Why? Because God connects with your real, and so do people. Humans are drawn to authenticity. So it's time, church, to start praying some authentic prayers. What I mean by that? Not just the prayer I was praying before, but the... God, I am mad at that person right now. And you said to forgive, but I'm not going to because I don't want to. And they suck and they hurt me. And I cannot believe that you love them. I... Pray You laugh, but pray that prayer because you'll find that as you do that, it's a real prayer and the Holy Spirit will meet you where you're at. And all of a sudden you'll be like David in the Bible who starts by going, God, how could you? But lands with going, God, yet I will follow you always and I will do what you said. Why is that process important? You don't land where David lands without first being real and authentic. And we've got too many people saying, I shouldn't be feeling that. I shouldn't be thinking that. I can't be. I shouldn't be. And as a result, they can't progress forward. Why? Because there's no authenticity in their prayer and realness that goes, God, I want a full-time follow but I need to be real right now I want to quit I want to give up I don't want to give that I don't want to say hello to that person I want to make this about me have that moment why because we are all sinners in need of a savior and when you recognize I am not perfect and in my weakness his strength is made perfect right in my weakness not in my strength how many of our interactions are built off of us trying to show our strength and not our weakness his power is made perfect in our weakness and our authenticity and our real. So let's pray real prayers and let's have real conversations. If we want a full-time follower that brings fruit, it needs to be built on authenticity. Number two, a full-time follower is sustained with consistency. With consistency. I've, I've been on a health journey this year and I'm still very much on one and still got a long way to go. Um, but uh, recently I've been signed up to Derryman's gym and, and it's a great gym because it's really cheap. Praise the Lord. Um, <laughs> But I'll go to the gym's gym and I'll do a workout. Um, and then i always end my workout with 20 minutes on the stair climber. Now, I said this recently and I preached, I was like, I believe that hell is full of stair climbers because they are the worst invention ever made to mankind. It's suffering on, on suffering on suffering, it's bad. But as I was climbing the, this, this week recently, I think it was two weeks ago actually, I was going like a stair climber and just like, I can't do anything else because I'm just concentrating on surviving, to be honest. <laughs> so it's like people are like on their phone and like <laughs> doing all this sort of stuff. And I'm just like hunched over, leaned over like, <laughs> just trying to keep up with it. But I just felt the Holy Spirit drop. And I was like, man, this is hard. I was thinking this is hard. And I just felt the Holy Spirit drop this thought in my head. So Dan, a stair climber isn't hard because of its intensity. It's hard because of its consistency. And I felt like it was God showing me and telling me, it's like, hey, in life, people don't struggle with intensity, they struggle with consistency. But this is what we need to realize, church. Jesus is far more concerned with your consistency than he is your intensity. Far more concerned with your consistency than he is with your intensity. See, will you continue to follow him even when it gets tough? Will you continue to serve even when your calendar fills up? Will you continue to pray even when the kids are running around like crazy and you've had the worst week ever? Will you continue to tithe even when the global situation and economy right now points to that you shouldn't give up any of your free money? Will you continue to follow when it gets tough? See, following isn't built on feelings, it's built on faith. Why? Because feelings can come and go. Feelings can be here one moment, gone the next. You ever have those motivation moments where you're like, I'm gonna clean the whole house, this is gonna be great. And then like five minutes into it, you're like, all right, I'm done. (laughs) Not just me, all right. (laughs) Feelings come and go, right? come and go but faith remains the same why because the evidence of things not yet seen and hoped for, right and so we have a goal that we're aiming to and so there's a consistent and there's a constant walking out that takes place in there don't base your walk and your following Jesus on your feelings please don't why because you will find that you'll be hot and you'll be cold one that you'll be up and you'll be down but Jesus is not concerned with your intensity over a weekend he's not concerned with how well you worship on a Sunday if you don't follow him on a Monday you we church we need to be a church that says we are going to follow him consistently that we will be the same on Sunday and Monday, that we'll be the same on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, and even in January when I'm away on holidays, I'll still open up my Word. Why? Because I don't take holidays from following Him because it's about the consistency, not the intensity. Jesus is far more concerned with your consistency than He is your intensity. John 8 verse 31 says this, Jesus said to the people who believed in Him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. In other words, if you are consistently faithful in my teachings. We have a young adult leader who is absolutely phenomenal. Her name is Carly Hudson. Give it up for Carly, everyone. No, give it up for Carly, everyone. Come on. Carly's amazing. She's been faithfully serving our church for a number of years, and she leads one of our Young Adult Connect groups. And to give you a thing, she embodies what I'm talking about so ex- exceptionally well, because at the beginning of this year, Carly came to me, and she'd been leading for uh, quite a, th- a few months at that point. And she came to me, and she's like, Dan, she's like, I just don't know. Like, there doesn't seem to be many people wanting to come to my group. And, and I want to create a space and I want to, I want to minister. I want to, I want to create community. I want to create this discipleship. But there's, every time there's in, people just don't seem to want to be coming along, they don't seem to be consistent, they don't seem to be sticking. And she asked me, the she's like, I just don't know, should I keep going or is this a sign that my time is up in this? And we spend a bit of time talking and praying. And I love it because Kylie comes back to me and she goes, hey, she's like, I don't feel my time is up. I feel like God's asked me to keep going. She's like, even though I don't see the fruit I currently wanna see, I wanna be consistent with what I felt God called me to. Can I just say, stop at this point in the story and just say, how many of us hear a call but we don't see the fruit straight away and so we doubt the call? Just keep doing and following the call, right? And so Carly kept following the call and now she is literally one of our biggest young adult connect groups that runs. She meets weekly and they minister and they connect and they disciple one another. She, why? Because her consistency led her to understand something about Jesus. They went, hey, if I'm not seeing fruit yet, God did call me. I'm not seeing fruit yet, but I know based on John 15 that if I continue to remain in Him, if I continue to walk, I will see fruit one day. And then now we're standing here 11 months later where all of us, And she is our biggest young adult connect group why because she was consistent to the call of following Jesus God is far more concerned with your consistency than he is your intensity so the first point is this is that it's built a a full-time follow is built on authenticity a full-time follow is sustained by consistency and if the band can come up a full-time follow is open to the interruption A full-time follower is interruptible. Let's look at scriptures for a second, right? Disciples, we already mentioned it, cleaning the nets. Interrupted with a come follow me. Didn't finish cleaning the nets, but we're listening to the come follow me. Like we already mentioned before, Matthew at the tax collector booth was doing his job. Jesus comes along in the middle of his job and says, come follow me. Let's take it back to the Old Testament a little bit, right? And the fact that Jesus' character is God's character. Let's remind ourselves of that, right? So we see it in the Old Testament as well when David delivering cheese to his brothers and God says, hey, come follow me and defeat this Goliath. We see it when Moses is tending to sheep in the middle of his job a burning bush erupts and it's a come follow me moment right there for Moses. See, this is all throughout Scripture, church. If you want a full-time follow, you have to be open to interruption. You have to be open to interruption. Why? Because interruptions are invitations in disguise. Interruptions are invitations in disguise. Now, I noticed that the room got really quiet at this point because we don't like to be interrupted. Right? If if you're talking and someone interrupts you, it is like, you're like, I was talking. It's like the biggest offense, right? We have to stop and ask ourselves, cool, like, yes, there's... Don't get me wrong manners and all that sort of stuff, but maybe it, have we taken that same spirit and approached it to God, where it's like, God, I'm in the middle. Don't interrupt me right now. But a full-time follower is open to interruptions. Why? Because they understand that it's an invitation in disguise. When something comes your way, is your first thought frustration or faith? When an interruption comes, is it frustration or is it faith? Let me paint a picture and put it this way, right? we got Christmas coming up. You've got a great Christmas, uh, let's say dinner or lunch plan with your family. It's gonna be great. And you feel the Holy Spirit prompt you to invite this person from your workplace to come and celebrate Christmas with you. And your first thought is, oh, nah, I don't wanna bring work home. Ah, oh, nah, I don't. it's just time for me and my family. If that's your first thought, I would maybe say that you might not be open to the Holy Spirit interrupting you. Because who knows if that invitation and that moment where you bring them into your family would lead to this incredible encounter that they have with the living God. As you sit there and they see what it means to be a family that loves Jesus, as they see what it means to glorify God in your language, as they see what it means to be a follower, and as they see and they go, there's a fruit here that I don't fully understand, but I want what it is. Because we invite them into our authentic and we're consistent with our fruit and we're open to the interruption. And so we say, Holy Spirit, won't you lead us? Question, what is off limits in your world? What figure in your finance is off limits to God? What relationship, what circle of friendship? What part of your walk is off limits? And we all have them, if we're honest enough. We all have them. But what Holy Spirit is wanting to do is like, hey, bring me into that. And if you follow me full time, I'll bring you much fruit. Much fruit. We're called to be part-time, full-time followers. Galatians 5 verse 25 says it this way. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leadings in every part of our lives. I think we love the first part of that verse. The second one? No, no, no not so much. It's like, let us follow the Spirit. Yes, come on, power. Awesome, yes, so good. Holy Spirit, you're moving. In every part of our life. Ooh. In every part. Are you open to the interruption of the Holy Spirit? You might say, what does that even sound like? What does it even think about? They're the random thoughts or the feelings or the promptings that you get when the Holy Spirit is talking to you. Hey, go and say hello to that person across the cafe or church. I'm just busy. I really got to go get my coffee, you know. Maybe Jesus, remember this church is in the building. Church is you. You are the church. You are the bride of Christ. So when you do, you represent Him. Where are we open to the interruptions and where we're we not? Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you're encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life, and we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Adelaide campus. If you'd like to know more about Life, then visit our website at lifeadelaide.org or download the Life Adelaide app and stay connected.